Picture this. Your patient, a 39-year-old single mother of three children, tells you, I didn't take the prescription. I just felt better in a couple of days and didn't bother buying it. The patient often presents with chronic bronchitis. However, she rarely takes the medication prescribed. You suspect that she doesn't have the money to spend on it. As you also see, she once asked if there was a social worker she could talk to, but it doesn't seem she ever went. You still have a few minutes until you see the next patient, and you'd like to help her. What would you ask her? Welcome to Audiobricks. This is Jeff Downing with a special brick for your ears on the social determinants of health developed by Message, the Medical Student Alliance for Global Education. After completing this brick, you'll be able to 1. Define social determinants of health. 2. Identify the key factors and effects of social determinants of health. 3. Identify strategies for healthcare workers to address social determinants of health. And four, describe the importance of the health in all policies approach. Part one, what are social determinants of health? Social determinants of health are the non-medical factors that influence health outcomes, many times in ways that we may not even be aware of. Even though we often consider the medical risk factors that affect the health of individuals, we can ignore the role that social and environmental factors, such as housing conditions and access to health care and education, can play. By addressing these, we can improve the health of society. According to the World Health Organization, the life expectancy of people born in high-income countries is almost 20 years longer than the life expectancy of those born in low-income countries. If we focus on a health indicator such as child mortality, which is deaths of children before reaching the age of five years expressed per 1,000 live births, we observe that in low-income countries, the child mortality rate is approximately 12%, whereas in high-income countries, the rate is less than 0.5%. In countries with limited government stability, or where access to food, safe housing, clean water, and healthcare services is limited, the same disease for example, a respiratory disease in a newborn, takes more lives. These disparities can also be found within countries and in higher income areas. Studies focusing on life expectancy by race and gender in the United States continue to show that black men in the U.S. have a considerably lower life expectancy at birth than does the rest of the population. Multiple factors linked to historical discrimination and present racial inequalities are the social determinants that affect the health outcomes of these communities. So what are the key factors in social determinants of health? Social determinants of health are listed in multiple ways across the literature. Regardless of the terms, it's important to understand the different factors that may influence health equity in positive or negative ways. These are often interconnected and are present everywhere, regardless of a country's income level. They include seven categories. One, income and social protection. Economic stability and financial resources drive many of the choices that affect health, such as healthy foods and safe housing. Social protection measures ensure a level of stability in the absence of consistent and reliable income, resulting from injury, disability, or job loss. Two, education. Higher levels of education allow, in general, for better opportunities, choices, and income. 
However, access to quality education is not universal and has an effect on the levels of a population's literacy and overall academic success. Three, housing, basic amenities, and the environment. Unsafe or substandard housing and homelessness are strong predictors for health problems, including mental health disorders. The environment also allows exposure to air and water pollution, as well as extreme weather conditions, which contribute to poor health outcomes. Four, access to quality health care. From primary health care and disease prevention to access to affordable medicines and treatments, the right to health encompasses access to a variety of goods and services that is not always achieved. Five, decent working conditions. To protect workers' health and safety, decent work is defined by the International Labor Organization as work which is productive and delivers a fair income, ensuring freedom, equity, security, and human dignity. Six, social inclusion and non-discrimination. Marginalized communities have, in general, poorer health outcomes. People with disabilities or with mental illnesses face challenges and stigma from society that may lead them to financial instability and to avoid social structures such as health care providers. And seven, social and community context. Health governance structures work to mitigate and address social determinants of health fairly effectively. In areas where there is conflict and political instability, these strategies are harder to implement, with greater risk for the health of the communities. Let's stop for a quiz. Question. What are some social determinants of health that influence child mortality? Answer. Government stability and access to food, safe housing, clean water, and healthcare services are some social determinants that influence child mortality. So, what about national and regional disparities? Most parts of the world have undergone rapid social and economic changes since the mid-20th century. The pace may vary from country to country, determined in part by income. That is, the wealthier the country, the faster the development. However, even within a country, there may be large differences in the rate of development. For example, rural areas often develop more slowly than do urban ones. We may think of problems as regional, but it is common to make unfounded generalizations about large areas. For example, we generalize about Africa, an enormous continent, missing the fact that similar problems exist in every country and may vary greatly from place to place. In reality, disparities within certain areas may be caused by factors outside general income or geographic location, such as historic racism, colonialism, and intranational biases. As an example, let's look at asthma in U.S. children. Asthma prevalence among black children is higher than that among their white peers. According to the CDC, 14% of black children have asthma, a rate that is two times that of white children and more than three times that of Asian children in the U.S. Many population risk factors may be in play here. One to be considered is low socioeconomic status, which has been shown to be correlated with asthma prevalence, and we know that black families in the United States have the lowest average household income. Low socioeconomic status often means living in low-income areas with higher levels of air pollution and older homes that expose children to allergens. These families may also lack medical insurance, resulting in reduced frequency and or quality of their asthma care. Even if they get it, it has been found that physicians tend to underestimate the severity of asthma in black patients, resulting in less effective management. 
Overall, in looking at the world, we should put our assumptions aside and look at specific data around the social determinants of health, as well as how any disparities arise. This helps us see the world and our local communities with less bias, enabling us to design more effective policies and provide better treatment from healthcare providers. Part two, how can we address social determinants of health? Strategies to tackle social determinant of health inequities must be developed on many different levels, including by institution, patient, and community. These must all be addressed, as tackling only one will not usually do the job. One is at the patient level. Clinicians are likely to be the first point of contact for people facing health disparities. The types of disparities encountered will vary and not always be obvious just from looking at a patient. Clinicians can better support patients faced with social challenges through a framework the American Academy of Family Physicians developed to help physicians recognize and respond to the various social determinants of health that affect their patients. This uses a three-phased process, ask, identify, and act. So ask, ask patients about their social needs and the various social determinants of health. Asking in a caring way is important because evidence shows that compassion and empathy make patients more forthcoming about their symptoms and concerns. Asking is also important to gain an understanding of the person's beliefs and individual context and a good way to avoid your own biases. Identify. Determine if there is a disparity and link these factors to the clinical course, management plan, and outcome of the patient. Looking at the individual, social, and community and general socioeconomic and environmental conditions is key to recognizing possible social determinants of health. Failure to identify hidden social challenges can lead to misdiagnosis or even mismanagement. For instance, a patient with economic challenges may not be able to afford a prescribed treatment. And act. Once you have identified a disparity, make sure you act. This might include referring patients to appropriate social services, helping them to get prescribed medications, and thoroughly explaining the nature of their treatments. We also must act at the community level. It is imperative that the role of clinicians extends to the communities they serve. You can continue to address the social determinants of health through community-based interventions for promoting health equity, advocating for the rights of your patients, and establishing partnerships for action, for example, education, justice, and employment. Clinicians can engage in activism by supporting social movements that advocate for staples like basic income, affordable childcare, progressive taxation, and other measures to reduce health disparities. Conducting locally relevant research and using data can also help better intervene and generate evidence as a lever for advocacy. Writing opinion pieces in newspapers or blogs, or even appearing as an expert on a news show, are other ways to get involved. And this isn't limited to practicing clinicians. Med students can make a great impact as well. And success stories do exist. For example, the AAFP launched the Everyone Project to empower family physicians to advance health equity. The project provides policies and information related to diversity, social determinants of health, and health equity, along with tools to help with advocacy in your community. Okay, let's pause for another quiz. Question. How would you address a patient who requires insulin treatment and tells you they are not able to do math? Answer, ask to gain an understanding of the patient's issue, identify if there's a literacy disparity, and act to ensure the patient is supported by a social network and or by the health system. 
part three. How can health in all policies address social determinants of health? Although each of the strategies we've talked about is important, the most meaningful change will occur if we follow an integrated approach. Health in all policies refers to a collaborative approach that integrates and articulates health considerations into policymaking across sectors to improve the health of all communities and people. It emphasizes that health is influenced by many factors that are non-medical and encourages us to be more observant regarding laws that have negative effects on health, asking us to make policymakers more accountable for the effects they may have on society. Many social determinants of health have been neglected by traditional government public health organizations, and Health in All Policies aims to search for solutions that lead to mutual gain, highlighting the importance of working collectively on all levels to establish lasting partnerships and develop optimal strategies. A good example is the collaboration required to tackle air pollution, which is linked to heart and lung disease. In that case, the housing sector and construction regulations would need to ensure clean cooking and heating with the adoption of clean fuels and cooking areas with good ventilation. The energy sector would need to commit to increase the use of low emissions fuels and renewable combustion-free power sources. The transportation sector needs to prioritize urban transit, walking and cycling networks in cities to foster less reliance on vehicles, and a shift to low-emission alternatives. The industry sector would need to use technologies to reduce industrial smokestack emissions and improve waste management. And civil society, non-governmental organizations, and others would need to advocate for more research and development of technologies to mitigate the harmful effects of pollution and educate the population about more sustainable alternatives. So what about the political determinants of health? A health-in-all-policies approach further highlights a significant group of determinants of health, the political determinants of health. These could be defined as how various power constellations, institutions, interests, and ideologic platforms affect health within political systems and levels of governance. Said another way, the political drivers that create social determinants of health, like unequal access to health care by political action, like laws, political inaction, lack of laws, or public discussion, for example, congressional hearings. This concept emphasizes that many social determinants of health that affect health outcomes are dependent on politicians' decisions that intentionally or unintentionally cause health inequities. Such decisions can lead to inequities in areas such as access to health care, prices of drugs, tobacco control and regulations, reproductive health, like access to abortion and contraception, and ensuring early childhood education and care. How can we block or reverse these political determinants that lead to poor health outcomes? Solutions can be divided into macro-solutions and micro-solutions. Macro-solutions are corrective laws or public policies that reduce health inequities and address social determinants of health. Unfortunately, because of the complexity of social determinants of health and the number of players involved, for example, insurance, education, banking, healthcare corporations, changing laws can be difficult. Groups like the American Association of Medical Colleges and the American Medical Association are well-placed to drive macro-solutions. Now, micro-solutions are smaller solutions that are more achievable by individuals and small groups, for example, physicians and med students. These include self, peer, and patient education on social determinants of health, advocacy in the community, fundraising for organizations that promote health equity, and raising awareness among patients, peers, and the community. 
We can cooperate with nonprofit organizations to influence legislation and work with local leaders to advocate for solutions that seek to eliminate health inequities caused by social determinants of health. Ultimately, our goal is sustainable development to meet the needs of the present without compromising the abilities of future generations. This approach advocates for a balance of social, economic, and environmental growth and development in the pursuit of improving the quality of life of the population. Health equity and addressing social determinants of health are key to achieving this. Okay, here's one more quiz for you. Question, how can we define sustainable development? Answer, sustainable development meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. And that brings us to the end of our discussion on this important component of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, let's recap to see if we've completed our goals. First, can you define social determinants of health? Social determinants of health are non-medical factors that influence health outcomes while political determinants of health refer to political drivers which can be tackled through macro-solutions like laws and policies and micro-solutions such as community advocacy. Next, can you identify the key factors and effects of social determinants of health? Key factors in social determinants of health are income and social protection, education, housing and environment, access to health care, working conditions, social inclusion and non-discrimination, and social and community context all have significant effects on health and society. Keep in mind that social determinants of health vary from country to country and region to region and even within local regions. Next, can you identify strategies for healthcare workers to address social determinants of health? patient level, clinicians can address inequities with individuals one-on-one. At the community level, initiatives can be established that are specific to the problems faced in an area through social programs. Finally, can you describe the importance of the health in all policies approach? Health in all policies refers to a collaborative approach that integrates and articulates health considerations into policymaking across sectors to improve the health of all communities and people. It emphasizes that health is influenced by many factors that are non-medical and encourages us to be more observant regarding laws that have negative effects on health, asking us to make policymakers more accountable for the effects they may have on society. And that's it. With your deepened understanding of the social determinants of health, let's get back to the patient from the beginning of this episode. Your patient is a 39-year-old single mother of three children who often presents with chronic bronchitis. However, she rarely takes the medication prescribed. You suspect that she doesn't have the money to spend on it. As you also see, she once asked if there was a social worker she could talk to, but it doesn't seem she ever went. You want to help, so what would you ask her? As you might be the first clinician who recognizes she could be struggling economically, you use the three-phased process. 
ask, identify, and act to figure out how to help her. You first ask about her social needs, trying to show empathy and compassion. She opens up and tells you that she recently lost her job, confirming that she is struggling financially. You identify a health disparity here and can act on it by referring her to social services who can offer her support and help her to get the prescribed medications she needs. Your reaching out helps her feel comfortable coming back to the clinic whenever she needs assistance. And that's it for our show. Make sure to like and subscribe if you like what you hear. And remember, your feedback helps us improve. You can enjoy the full Brick experience online at exchange.scholarrx.com, complete with illustrations, questions, flashcards, and active learning. So go check that out if you haven't already. You can also learn more about the work being done by Message, the Medical Student Alliance for Global Education, by going to www.mesage.org. Until next time.